0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone.
1: You're in the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Andrew Mason, and thanks for joining me. Let's kick this off with defensive lineman Zach Kerr, who had an understandably pointed assessment of the play of the defense and himself after the Broncos allowed a second 200-yard rusher in as many games. Ryan Edwards and I talked with Kerr in the locker room on Monday.
0: All right, Changer Zach Kerr. All right, man, hey, listen, uh, obviously uh last couple of weeks, uh, not exactly what the the defense is uh, looking for. What, what are the coaching staff saying to you guys after uh, the Rams game yesterday? Uh, we just got to get back
2: on track. Um, you know, you solve everything with a win. So we just, you know, we'll go back to work, watch this film on the Cardinals, and, you know, go in there and, you know, prepare to get a W. Is
1: it good, you think, to have the short turnaround this week to get – that bad taste out of your mouth as quickly as possible?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's, that's the first thing I thought about, you know, after the game is that, um, you know, I, cause I, I, especially after, you know, me personally, I feel like I played terrible. So I'm like, well, at least, you know, we got a couple days to get back to it, so I could, you know, get that, get that taste out of my mouth. So I know a couple other guys I didn't talk to after the game felt the same way, so.
0: You know, we were listening to Chris Harris last night in the locker room. He's saying part of the this was scheme that the you guys were intentionally maybe uh, taking a look at things and saying okay the run game is going to have to be a certain amount of effectiveness because we're going to have to cover extra on the back end. Um, in that respect, is that was that the way you saw it as well defensively?
2: Um, no, nah, I see it. Whatever Joe Woods, you know calls up for the game plan is the game plan we run you know i don't look at it as okay well we're sacrificing this or sacrificing that for this i think joe woods you know, um, he comes up with good game plans we just got to execute better
1: i know you're a very prideful unit on defense so uh how does that affect you guys when there's a couple of games like that where the running game the opponent is going all over you like that
2: uh it sucks you know what i'm saying especially when you got guys running for 200 yards individually two weeks in a row um it just, it sucks, bro. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> no,
0: no, of, cu- of course not. Uh, chatting here with Zach Kerr, just a couple more questions for you. So, uh, obviously, with the Arizona Cardinals coming up, uh, another challenge uh, with David Johnson uh, running back. Now, they haven't really gotten on track just yet as an offense, but uh, what have you guys noticed early on as, uh, again, you're still digesting one game and have to turn around and play another one?
2: Yeah, I mean, we know David Johnson's a good back. Um, you know, we faced, you know, three good three good running games in the last three weeks and uh we got to come in and just do better than what you know what we did the last few weeks and uh stopping david johnson not saying that it's going to be easy it's definitely going to be a challenge especially with uh them running a lot of 11 personnel and you know uh using a a, a good gap scheme on their offense to to kind of get him going and you know he's you, they get a hat on the hat really well so it's going to be a tough uh, tough task force but you know we're up for the challenge we just got to come in and make it right
1: as frustrating as the last four weeks have been, is there still a sense in the locker room that hey, one win, we're out of this, we're back in it, we're back in contention, we can do everything we want to do going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean that's what we talked about after the game. Um, you know, one win to solve a lot of things. It it'll get a, a, a real nasty taste out of our mouth. Um, so you know, it doesn't really. It, we're not really worried about who who it's against. We just we just want to get a we just want to get a W, man. You know, that's we're not you know we're not playing the games to lose. You know, we're playing the games to win. So.
0: Last question for me, because Mike McCoy was the O.C. here last year, is there anything you guys can gain from having that experience of practicing against the Broncos offense with him as the O.C.?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you go back and look at, you know, camp from last year and stuff like that when we were going good against good. um, But, you know, you never know in this league, man. Guys change up their schemes all the time. Guys come in with a different, you know, he's thinking that he was here last year. So maybe, you know, he's going to try to throw a little chink in the armor to kind of get us off schedule. So. You never know how that stuff's going to go. You just got to go in and play the blocks that you that you get, and, you know, hopefully you're successful.
1: I really appreciate Kerr making time for us in what is a tough, tough moment professionally for him and others on the Broncos' defense, which now sits at the foot of the table in the league's run defense rankings. Todd Gurley's dominance of the Broncos on Sunday is one moment that made Ryan, Steve Atwater, and me want to throw our hats. But there were also some good moments, too. We take you through the good and the bad as we share what made us tip our caps and throw our hats in our weekly review. I'm going to tip my cap to the Broncos' first-round pick, Bradley Chubb. Three sacks, easily his best game as a rookie so far. Showing signs that he can be a foundational player. The other interesting thing is just how effective he was working with his hand in the dirt, working inside. So... You wonder how his use is going to evolve, and frankly, with the defense struggling and uh, who knows what could happen down the line the rest of the season, you wonder if there may be an evolution schematically in part to help Bradley Chubb. Maybe you're talking about a defense that in a year or two is a base 4-3 with Bradley Chubb as a defensive end with his hand in the dirt all the time.
0: There was quite a few opportunities that uh, developed as a result also of of Von Miller, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Von Miller was maybe just a beat, late there as uh, Bradley Chubb got to him first but yeah three sacks the defense overall getting five sacks a nice bounce back game for the pass rush yeah
3: Steve yeah no I I agree um Vaughn came through I think these two got a half sack there too and uh yeah. you know Bradley with the three and he he was Bradley was coming all all night long he had great effort uh never gave up and you know, that's what you got to do, man. On, on that edge, man, you got to you got to keep working, even when things are going your way. Keep keep going, and he, he did that, and he was rewarded with with, uh, with three sacks.
0: Okay, you got one. Well, of
3: uh, of course, you know, uh, <laughs> Mr. Emmanuel Sanders. There it is. Now this was a little bit controversial. It was controversial. Um, he might
1: end up in both segments. Total. To- <laughs> he's gonna yeah, end. Up, he's yeah. gonna end up. In <laughs> He'll both be in both of them, for sure. <laughs> the good and <in> the bad. <laughs>
3: Seven catches, seven uh, catches, 115 yards on 10 targets. You know, 70% uh, receiving ratio, which is um, amazing. Uh, caught that touchdown pass. Um, you know, I thought it was, was going to, you know, put us up 7-3 at the time, but it didn't. So, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, tip my hat to you, sir.
0: I got I to gotta tip my cap. I got to tip my cap. Sugar, tip it, tip it. To Darian Stewart. D-Stew. D-Stew. Mm-hmm. Came up with the interception on the tip drill. Uh, Tremaine Brock got the tip, bounced off the yeah. face mask of the receiver Reynolds, and uh, very heads-up play. Boy, I mean he I mean he turned around. It's just right there, and he caught it, yeah. gave the Broncos an opportunity, he ended up scoring a touchdown on that play. He led the team in tackles. Yes. And I don't know if that's always a good thing when you're safe, you lead the team in tackles. Hey, <laughs> true. You gotta do it. <laughs> Eight solo, nine total, had a half sack, uh, obviously tackle, half tackle for loss, pass defense, quarterback hit. He he was everywhere, and you know what? He had a great line, if not for a really brilliant Todd Gurley block on pass pro. He had a shot at maybe another sack because he was coming, beaming up the middle at Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff ended up getting that completion on third down. I think it was to Woods, but uh, what a great what a great play by Todd Gurley because Darian Stewart was there, yeah. and uh, it had to be a spectacular play by the running back. But yeah. Darian Stewart absolutely gets attacked. Yeah, a, a, a cap tip for me. He had a good game, and, and he kind of needed a good game too. Honestly, not 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 for roster things or any implications of that. It it's a it's an interesting time for a lot of these vets coming into what is going to be next year. Maybe some decisions. You've got Simmons, you've got Parks, you've got Sua Cravens. I was happy to see two get a good game.
3: Yeah, no, I, I was too. And um, you know, when you're playing a physical running back like like uh, Ty Gurley, the safeties have to be involved and have to an integral part of that and uh, these two definitely did his part
0: all right any other uh, cap tips we'd like to award solid game for Cortland Sutton there
1: you go 41 yard grab three catches 58 yards on four targets proving himself to be a significant threat a guy who can stretch the field and I thought a solid game for him continues to make progress, give him the
0: tip of the cap. Nicely mm-hmm. done. Nicely done. Yep. Steve, any more? I got one more. Go ahead. Okay, uh, speaking of receivers, just for a moment, how we were talking about in the press box a little bit, just just Demarius Thomas's role and how different it is compared to when he was in the Manning days when he was the top target on this team and he was getting probably 10, tar- 10 plus targets a game. And Demarius Thomas is, is now a complimentary player to Emmanuel Sanders by targets and by just overall flow of the offense, it seems. And I'm kind of appre- just appreciating this because he had the, the rough game against Oakland, right? He had the drops. He had five catches, and ele- he had 11 targets. But since then, five targets, five receptions. Seven targets, four receptions. Six targets, five receptions. Four, three. He, he's not getting nearly as many targets, but he's making... The catches he's making the most of it yeah and so he had the the long 45-yard catch that got him out of their own end zone basically it was a big play they needed to be able to have that play action too and it was play action that is <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> that that uh i'm glad you brought that up but uh yeah so play action It w- it was a nice play he ended up getting a touchdown in the game late. It was a good, a good catch by him, heading out out of the back of the end zone. But I just wanted to acknowledge and maybe tip my cap just a little bit to DT yeah. not getting the targets he's probably used to getting, but making the most of them.
3: Yeah. All yeah, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, we will get one more. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Philip Lindsay. Okay. okay. You know, uh, still doing what he what he does best, man. He he's great running the ball as a running back, and then out of the backfield, they they threw the ball to him. Seven times and he caught six of those for 48 yards um, And he's exposed to this. he can he can make big plays whenever he touches the ball and you know I, I love the offense trying to get it to him more and more um, So good job losing effort, but Philip Lindsay Bam
1: Lindsay yep. and Emmanuel Sanders are the two skill position players who are on pace for a thousand or more yards from scrimmage so far this season
0: He yep. is ready to throw some hats Yes, I think I know him too. Mm, All right. right, let's get to. Would you like to start, Ryan? Yeah, I I, I think uh-huh. I might have to start this one. I mean, we have we have a multitude, and this one's come in. So let let's do it this way. Time to throw some hats. Broncos lose a game. This is how we deal with it. This is how we. cathartically deal with with the frustrations
1: of the game. This is the equivalent of the foam-covered mallets that sometimes you see referred to in psychology. You may have seen it on a Simpsons episode way back then
0: when they visit Dr. Marvin Monroe's office. (laughs) I want to get to something we've seen on the text line, on Twitter all morning long. Oh, boy. A source of frustration. Now, we have multiple, but this is a source of frustration for a lot of Broncos fans because... You lose a game by three, you were in field goal range, and you opted to go for it on fourth and three. Now let's set this thing up a little bit, okay? And I'm not going to start from the very beginning because they actually had a really, really good drive. They started from their own 13-yard line. This this is a 13-yard year old line with 416 remaining in the second quarter. So they had a lot of time. They moved the ball efficiently down the field. It was uh, They ended up getting a, a pass interference, I believe, on this drive, if I remember correctly, that, that made it uh, made it move down the field. Maybe that was another drive. But this, this is one where we're at the two-minute warning. You're third and two at your 31. You get a short uh, pass to Devontae Booker, get the first down. Brilliant play. I like the play call, too. Uh, Case Keenum goes incomplete. Devonte Booker up the middle for 9 yards on a draw play. 3rd and 5. Beautiful play. 3rd and 5. Almost everybody's assuming pass at that point. A minute 25 left in the quarter. And they go draw. Devontae Booker gets up. Now, you're 1st and 10 at the LA Rams uh, 46-yard line. A short pass uh, to Matt, Lacros- Matt Lacoste off to the right side. Okay, Now now you are 2nd and 3 at the LA Rams Thirty-nine yard line. It is a fifty-six yard <laughs> field goal from here. That's what I'm gonna do. you in field goal range. Long field goal range, but you're right
1: there now. But okay. here's the problem. What if you missed that kick? The Rams. No, 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 no. I'm not done yet. I'm not
0: done yet. I'm not done yet. You're second and three. Let's stay right here for a minute, guys. Right. Second and three. The next two play mm-hmm. calls are dictating what you're thinking at that moment. So instead of saying, let's move ourselves a little closer mm. and then take some shots, take, take give ourselves a, a closer shot at a field goal, but but we're going to maybe take a shot. So second and three, I don't actually have a, too big of a problem that you're going to pass it deep. Now passing deep to Matt Lacoste down the uh, right side, uh, may, maybe you have a, a better player involved there.
1: He just gotten a seven-yard reception.
0: There, I know, yes, but I could think of some other players that I'd be like to throwing it deep rather than Matt Lacoste. No, you you that's mean not guys
1: the, that got tips of the cap?
0: Then, <laughs> a, and, and then instead of at third and three, saying let's get the first down, because look, you still had just about a minute left in the game. Let's get the first down and then take our shots. And if we don't get it, then we're, then we're at least in a little bit closer field goal range. They go deep left to Emmanuel Sanders. Incomplete. So now you're fourth and three. So you, you have a shot, you're right. With, uh, at that point, 52 seconds left. Sorry, 46 seconds left. 46 seconds. 46 seconds left. You have a chance there if you want a fourth and three to to attempt a 56-yard field goal. They opt to go for it. And not only did they opt to go for it, they didn't go quick pass knowing that the Rams were going to be coming right after you. You go deep play for a third straight time trying to develop something deep down the the field. Double Double coverage. Double coverage. You take an 11-yard sack. You give it right back to the Rams, and ah! 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 That made me want to throw my hat. You lose the game by three points, and, and again, that that isn't the game right there, but it's a moment in the game that they needed to have. That, one fourth, way or the
1: other. that fourth down, Jeff Hireman's running a short route, and he gets knocked into the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. There's,
1: there's... But he got back up. Yeah, He was still in position to make a play if you'd thrown it to him.
0: That one made me want to throw my hat. Okay, Mace, your turn. Nice. Well,
1: that's a good thing. That's a good moment to look back on. Mm -hmm. That's one that infuriated me as well. Mm -hmm. But if I had been watching at home with the Christmas tree in the corner that I Uh once nearly felled with a hat toss, the hat would have come off a lot as the Rams racked up. run. Oh after run, oh, boy. after run. And the Broncos looked powerless to stop it. And here's the thing that kind of gets me as well. There were situations when you knew the Rams were going to run fourth and one at a 10-yard line. You know, that's a classic scenario. Hey, he's got to man up, right? Stop him. You, yes. you know they're going to come at you on the ground. No, they come. And the Broncos... They struggle to get set. The Rams have a quick snap. The Broncos can't react, and Todd Gurley just goes to the left, and he's gone. Mm. But time after time in situations when it's short yardage, and you knew the Rams were thinking run, 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 and they sometimes would telegraph what they were going Mm -hmm. to do, and you still couldn't stop it over and over again to the tune of – 270 yards on 39 carries for the Rams. Todd Gurley, 208 yards on 28 attempts. No team has ever allowed back-to-back 200-yard rushers until the last two weeks with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Only one team in the last 57 seasons has allowed more rushing yards in a two-week span of the same season than the Broncos. It just ate at me play after play and then oh you have to throw it throw your head maze and now you got david johnson I oh, know. on thursday they've got to figure this out but the problem is if they figure it out and they sacrifice something on the back end in pass coverage you're getting beaten there they based six- on what chris harris jr said that they were focusing on stopping the pass and they figured okay we'll let the rams beat us on the ground and look, the Broncos did hold the Rams to 23 points, so in one way it was successful. It's the first time this year they haven't put a 30-burger up.
0: They averaged 6.9 yards per carry as a team, and Todd Gurley on 28 carries averaged 7.4 on and,
1: 28 carries. And unlike last week, you didn't have the explosive 77-yard run. It along at 29. Exactly, which means that it was drip, drip, drip. It was death by paper cuts.
0: All right, got to get to Steve Atwater here. Steve, you, oh, you, you could use a little bit of this. Tell us a moment. Tell us a play. Tell us something that made you want to throw your hat. All right, man. <laughs> I love to put the hats on. <laughs> third Over qu- the headset. Third
3: quarter, we, we get off the field with, uh, with the Rams, and they, they punt the ball to us and, you know, get the ball on the 25-yard line, Denver's 25-yard line. First pass, complete the Cortland Sutton, four yards. Okay, mm-hmm. we're good with that. Then... Short pass the DT, was incomplete. Third down, six-yard run by Case Keenum. Close, but first down. Mm-hmm. Nice. Keep it going. Yep. Next, Phillip Lindsey, two-yard play. Pass completed to Emmanuel Sanders for 21 yards. Gets us down in, in, into uh, down to the, what, 42-yard line.
1: Yeah. Hope is building.
3: Yes. Hope is building. No, the guy actually took us to the 37-yard yeah. line.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Royce Freeman, three-yard run. And then Renfield goal range. Oh Case Keenum God. drops back, he looks down the field, and there are like two or three guys in the middle of the field, defenders, and we throwing it to our tight end, Brian Parker, right down oh, the middle. Yeah, that, uh, uh, the uh, pass was tipped and intercepted by their safety John Johnson. Oh man And that I'm thinking, coverage. why would you throw that pass down there into double? Almost triple coverage right there mm. to Brian Parker. Mm. You know what that made me want to do? Tell us, Steve. Want to throw my head <laughs> what, <laughs> what was? I got to toss it, road? man. My shoulders. Are oh, okay. oh right. man! Here we go. So uh, this is <laughs> what I'm I'll do. toss <laughs> it for you. I just, yeah, it is, I <laughs> <toss> my head
1: man. It's like an
0: exasperation. Um, toss like, uh, I guess there, when it's eight interceptions in six games
3: right, this would be, be better Dan. don't hurt yourself
1: though easy is, watch the camera
3: Just use a flick of the wrist yep. maybe you want to throw
0: my Ooh, hat and over the cameras well done well done <laughs> we're gonna have to get a. when you do the gif later we <laughs> need to get a side-by-side of Steve doing that and the guy with the salt the, <laughs> the, salt the, bait we got to get a side-by-side gif of Steve doing that and then the salt guy hey man
1: so Case Keenum has Eight interceptions this year, right? One, two, three, four, five are on passes targeted at tight ends. Two mm-hmm. targeted at Jake Butt, two targeted at Jeff Hireman, and then yesterday targeted for Brian Parker. So we were talking about last night on the yep. podcast. Mm-hmm. Five. Five of eight going to the tight ends. Why
3: is that? Why can other teams get their tight ends open in the red zone and we can't? Is it the plays? Is it the tight end? But didn't it, is it look very it familiar?
0: Blow? Like, even, even there, the seam route, they keep running. Look, they did the same thing with Jake Butt. The seam route that they're keep trying to, and it's in the red zone. It's, da- it's down there as they're heading into the goal line. They keep trying to make that work. It looked very familiar.
1: Five of the eight interceptions are also
0: on deep passes. Mm. Non-play action, too, by the way. Just yeah. saying. Just Just saying.
3: <sighs> yeah, but that made me... I was like, why? What's going on? Why can't we hit our tight ends in the red zone? Why why are our guys double-teamed in the red zone? Somebody had to be open.
1: One of the players who got a tip of the cap from me was wide receiver Cortland Sutton, whose 41-yard fourth-quarter catch helped energize the Broncos. Dave Logan's call of that play leads into our conversation with the voice of the Broncos, who dropped by the studio at the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse on Monday.
4: Shotgun snap. Keenum loads it up. Home run ball. It's Cortland Sutton. Sutton is there. Makes the adjustment and the catch with the penalty flag thrown inside the Rams 25.
0: Uh, Dave, that was actually a, a really cool moment in the game. There weren't a ton of them, but that was a really cool moment because you had the missed field goal by yep. the Rams and you dial up the deep ball to Cortland Sutton. He also gets the penalty. He draws the... Uh, the excessive force penalty, and then they, they are set up shop at the uh, L.A. Rams 11-yard line. They only come away with three points. But, again, that just kind of feels indicative of the game.
4: Yeah, it um, it was a momentum switch for the Broncos and in a game that they really hadn't had a lot of momentum. Then I thought at that point, hey, if they're going to score here, then at least you put pressure on the Rams mm-hmm. uh, late in the game. Yeah, but, it was a
0: 2010 at that point. Yeah,
4: I mean, 20-17 to 17 with still plenty of time. Yep. Now you get a stop and you actually in a game that you haven't played all that well, you get a chance to win the game in mm-hmm. the end. But um, and I've said before, the the margin of error is thin in the NFL, and the margin of error, I think, for this team with the Broncos is even thinner than maybe some other teams. And so they I mean they things have to go right. They're not a team that is capable of of having uh, a lot of really bad plays, and they have the ability to overcome them. You know, every now and then you see teams that they get behind the sticks and they've got uh, superior talent at, at a couple of positions where they can overcome things like that, maybe not all the time, but they can do it now and then. It's, it's tougher for the Broncos. It's, uh, they're still looking for a way to, to um, be better in the red zone, which they haven't been good in the red zone. And it's tough to win in this league. And I know everybody's talking about the defense, and I have as well. But it's tough to win in this league if you don't score. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is, they're not scoring. Yeah.
0: We're uh, going over, we just got some of the, the numbers back uh, for, for the game from uh, Pro Football Focus. And, and Case Keenum, I think we, we might have brought this up with you last week. And if we haven't, I, I definitely love to, to hear your take. Case Keenum, over the course of his career, is a really good play action quarterback. And you know, a couple of the plays, that one, if it wasn't that one, I know that the, the Emmanuel Sanders uh, touchdown as well as the deep one down the left side, he also had a play action with Demarius Thomas. The deep one to DT yes. down
4: the east side line was play pass. For right, sure. so
0: six completions on seven attempts. So he was six for seven for 119 yards yesterday on play action. And over the course of his career, he's 31 points better as a quarterback in quarterback rating in play action. So first of all, why is that the case, in your opinion, that Case Keenum is just so much better in play action? And, and, and more importantly, why do the Broncos, are they one of the fifth lowest in the league to use it if you know that about your quarterback?
4: Well, I'll, I'll start with your first question first. I think that I would guess that most quarterbacks at uh, at the NFL level are gonna register higher numbers in play pass, right? I mean, Ostensibly, you're going to run play action pass when you're able to run the ball. And when you're able to run the ball, the defense has to bring a safety down. And so you're going to get an eight man box. And so more times than not, you're going to get single coverage outside mm-hmm. much easier to throw against single coverage, um, than it is to throw against a plethora of zone blitzes and, a, an exotic mix of all sorts of coverages. Um, and I don't have a good reason. I, I because we, we talked about this last week, um, in terms of why they don't do more. you know, I think they came out with the idea that they had to run the ball. They couldn't get anything going in the first mm-hmm. series. I mean, the first couple of plays, um, their right tackle gets stood completely up. The fullback can't dig out the same linebacker. And so their power OG goes for a couple of yards. And so I think, I think as a play caller, and I've never called plays in the NFL, but you can it, – it's one thing to have confidence – In what you call and I don't think they have any right now I think they're searching for answers in terms of how can we get this going and I think that I think when you feel uh, an enormous amount of pressure um, and you're searching for what what possibly can work as a play caller you tend to get away from things really quickly and you tend to look for quick fixes and you tend to try to look for big plays and um, so it, it's, uh, it's a cycle that they have to break. I'm not even sure what I described uh, is, is necessarily what they think. I'm just telling you what I think yep. goes through the mind of a play caller. But, um, again, how do you score more points? Because that, to me, is the single biggest issue this offense has. And then from a defensive standpoint, I mean, you give up back-to-back weeks of a running back going for over 200 yards that had never happened in NFL history. You know, that's – I mean, part of that is probably scheme, and part of that is guys just playing. you gotta, you got to have a sense of pride, and you got to play uh, in that league.
1: Could you have imagined this defense being where it is now, say, no. two years
4: ago? No. No, and I don't think the defense could either. And I, I – uh, we're going to talk with John Elway coming up here in a few minutes and Vance Joseph uh, separately, and I'm going to ask both of them. I mean, I think that um, – you know, the, the league, this, this team, the franchise, even with Peyton here, after they lost to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, I mean, it was a conscious effort to go out and build the defense. And John Elway did with free agent acquisitions. I mean, you bring in to Talib, you bring in T.J. Ward, you bring in uh, DeMarcus Ware, uh, and you solidify your defense. You bring, you bring guys in that can get after the quarterback. And so the personality of that team changed, even though Peyton was still here. But um, you know, that's that's not what we see this year.
3: So um, you know, on the one hand, the defense, when I, I look at the film, it looks like everybody was giving much better effort. Not that they hadn't been given effort in the past games, but it seemed like everybody was getting to the ball this week. On the other hand, still same thing, two hundred and seventy yards rushing. And for me, you know, I want to pat them on the back, but on the other hand, it's like, you can't really, you can't give up 270 yards, even if that was kind of the goal in terms of not letting them have, not, not letting the Rams pass for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to give up the run. Mm-hmm. How 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 do you go about defending a team that's good in both aspects? I mean, do you generally speaking, uh, <clears throat> if you have a a, a respectable defense do you have to take something away, or?
4: Well, you, you, heck, you you would know better than I would on this, but I think, I mean, you have to try to make a team one dimensional, right. right? I mean, it, it was it was apparent again going back, and I went back and looked at them too. I mean, they played some shell coverage, uh, they played some one free. They had a big. I mean, the first the first series of the game, um, the Rams are an eight man protection. Well, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of pressure when there's an eight man protection. That was a two two-man route right Right. and the Broncos are in single high one free well one free the corners have outside leverage on the receivers and and you've got both of them and you know and Roby you know I think most people in the stands say Roby gave up the, the long pass to Brandon Cooks i got to tell you, I mean, uh, there was a free safety in the hole that did not get get out between the hash marks mm-hmm. at all. Justin was slow getting out of there.
1: Pro yeah. football focus actually put it on Simmons, yeah, not
4: I, Roby. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see pro football focus, but I, I well, would see, agree the, with The that. only thing with that is that they sent crossing routes from both sides. Yeah, but the one receiver hooked up at about 18.
3: Oh, he stopped.
4: And Justin had great depth, which you have to have. Again, that's your position. Yeah. But as as Cooks starts down the field, Roby has the outside leverage on him as a free safety. You know that if Cooks runs back to the corner, Roby's in great position. Right. So what I cannot do is I cannot get beat over the top Running right directly by me. I just thought Justin was slow to get, yeah. out, of the, get out of his back pedal and, and get on that, but most people look at that and say, that's, uh, that's Bradley Roby. But again, it, it gets back to being resilient. It gets back to really it doesn't matter what we say. doesn't matter what you know, all these talk show hosts and shows in here in Denver about the Bronx, it matters what these guys in the locker room really feel. Yeah. I mean, do you really feel like you can salvage things? Do you really feel like you can get this thing turned around? I mean, really? Do you? Because I, I've played on teams. I've played on really good teams that were playoff teams. I've played on teams that um, were not good teams. And, you know, the longer you go in situations like this, there's um, there's a mood in the locker room mm-hmm. that just sort of permeates the, the, your existence. Right. And, you, you, yeah, you come to work. Yes, you say the right things to us you do it but deep down you know you just don't think you can do it and I I don't know that the team is there yet Mm -hmm. but that's the danger I think in terms of whether they are or whether they're not
0: what could a win against the Cardinals mean then
4: in that respect oh man I mean you know it, it makes you you know for at least a little bit you feel better about yourself you can breathe Right, you can feel good coming home in the flight that gets in about four in the morning. You you get a long weekend off. It's kind of like a second buy. Um, yeah, it 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 would go a long way in purging some of what's going on right now. And so, they need it. I mean, oh, they desperately the
3: team needs it. this victory just you know for their for their mental you know, state to make sure they can go, go home and feel good about what they're doing. I mean, you dropped this one coming up against Arizona, and then we got to go out to Kansas City, and then the Texans. Man, this, this, this is going to be rough, Yeah, and this is one that we definitely should win.
4: I think you'll find out a little bit about the team um, from a character standpoint and from a competitive standpoint and from a leadership standpoint uh, and, and that's, you know, a lot of people who put that on coaches, I say that's players. I mean, coaches, yes. I mean, you got to say the right thing, and, you know, you've got to try to get them in the right frame of mind. But the NFL's a league with men in it, so uh, I, I think that's a player thing. Thanks to
1: Ryan, Steve, Dave, and Zach Kerr for joining me today. I'm Andrew Mason, and I'll talk to you later this week when Justin Adams of Orange and Blue 760, KOA News Radio, and CBS 4 joins me to preview the Cardinals game. Until then, take care.